how to avoid very costly detailing mistakes. I'm Ivan. I'm Nick. This is the DIY Detail Podcast. In detailing, we want to make things better. We want to preserve. We want to protect. Sometimes we screw up. And you go from hero to zero. Big one. Real quick. Yeah. So in this podcast, we really want to talk about the things that we've learned over the years. Right. Many of which we've done ourselves. Of course, yeah. That we're trying to help you not have to pay a lot of money. Yeah. And the first one is 100% in your control. Under promise, over deliver. Uh, I've seen detailers say, I'll make this car perfect. And then 50 hours in, they're still polishing on the car because they'll never make it perfect. So tell your customer what you're actually going to do. And then back it off a little bit. Say, hey, I'm going to give you a 50% paint correction. You get to 75, 80%, you're a winner. You promise 100% paint correction and you can't get past 80, you're a loser. And that's going to cost you a lot of time and time is money. Absolutely. I've never heard you say that you actually give more than they're getting paid. But there is something to be said for, yeah, doing that in an efficient way where it's, yeah, it's not a two-day giveaway. No, no. Basically, you know, we'll put it in restaurant terms. Customer orders a hot dog. Hey, I might give them a chili cheese dog, but I'm not going to give them a steak. So it's good to give a little more, but not give the whole farm. Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about just paint. You know, we talk about, you mentioned the polishing. Right. Yeah. Burning paint. Right. I mean, trying to go after every little scratch, uh, polishing indirect sunlight when you're new. Yeah. That burn through a fender flare on a $300,000 vehicle. Right. Not a fun day. No. Um, I actually had that same owner of that same vehicle say that I messed up some switches on the inside because I yeah. was cleaning and I was flipping switches and it was an older restored vehicle. Yeah. So it had like the 90s interior, but it was remade in England. In this yeah, difference. yeah. Anyway, so um, you actually could flip a lot of switches on the inside. And he said that I messed something up and when he drove away, he had to get a big thing fixed. It was very traumatic for me. Right. Uh, I'll just let you know that. So like, this can happen. Yeah, it can happen. And polishing paint, the newer the car, the less paint it has on it. Uh, the clear coat today is getting thinner and thinner and thinner. Manufacturers, the most expensive part of the car is actually the paint. It's not the engine. It's not the transmission. The paint is the most expensive part of the car. And as detailers, <coughs> when we're trying to make it perfect, we end up actually damaging it because we're removing some of that very important and finite clear coat. So like Nick said, going after a scratch, you might be doing a lot more damage than you think. One thing that never happened to me, but that I know once I got a business partner, a technician uh, in my shop is steam. Right. So I was always real good with steam, I thought, right? Yeah. I was like, I can do that, you know, full bore steaming the interiors, but then I'm quick in there with the air compressor on all the electronics. So I'm, I'm steaming it all, but then I'm blowing it out and I'm wiping it and everything's good, right? And then I teach this method to these guys yeah. and we had a very small shop. Remember my yeah, early yeah. shop? And it was the middle of winter and we had cars to get in and out. So they'd steam the interior. I was at my other job at the time. Yeah. So I wasn't even quality controlling any of this. I, I wasn't there. And, uh, and I'm pretty sure they'd leave the interior electronics steamed and wet yeah and then it went out into the cold and froze and like 
all of a sudden we had to pay for new electronics inside of this, you know, Chevy. And it was like, how did this happen? And we yeah. figured out it was probably them steaming a little willy nilly. Right. Steam is a good cleaning tool, but it's not for everything. And it's not something that you're going to, like you say, use willy nilly everywhere. Be careful with it. Uh, and you know, steam, moisture, the more moisture you bring into an interior, the more moisture you need to bring out of the interior. I used to do dealership cars in my shops as well as retail cars. And we would fix errors from other detailers because the dealership would have send it somewhere else or they bought it at auction and it was already detailed. The detailers would get the interior so wet, and this is in the winter, and then put it outside. The seat foam would actually freeze solid and it wouldn't dry till spring. But by that really? time, by that time, it had frozen. And when it had frozen and thawed, it smelled musty and moldy inside the car, like just disgustingly dirty. And sometimes the foam itself was destroyed because frozen foam that has all that liquid in it, someone sits on it, it shatters basically because it's frozen. And now you had this divot in the seat where someone sat down because the foam is all, it was basically powdered. So be very careful with how much moisture you bring into an interior because that moisture that you bring in, you have to take out. So extraction is not always the answer. And some people, the first thing they do, let's get the sledgehammer out. So let's throw APC on the interior and let's get an extractor in there. I don't know who would do something like that. Yeah, no. He's... Sounds like a strange human who <laughs> yeah. would think that way. If you're going to do that, though, you need air movers. And the problem is, like, on a hot day in the shop, yeah. if you get air movers going in that vehicle, like, the carpets are probably going to dry. The seats right. are probably going to dry. But you could have four air movers at 100 or 150 bucks a pop. Right. Right? These little, like fans yeah, yeah i know I, what like, they are you know yeah. what they are but i'm just trying to like there's there's one directional ones there's the one that spins yeah. in all directions like you can point one toward area if it's really wet like yeah. you got the pedal area wet we'll get to that in a second yeah but what i'm saying here is like you could also have those exact same expensive fans and they don't go very quickly in the winter time no they don't so you could run all four at once and still have wet seats and carpets yeah after a couple hours and it's like what so don't mess around with moisture unless you really know what you're doing. Right. And he mentioned pedals. Uh, this is specific to one brand. It happens with other brands, but one brand is very bad, and that's BMW. Their, th their um, not throttle position sensor, but their pedal position sensor is right at the base of the pedal. And owners of BMWs have had problems in the winter. They get in with slushy feet. They forget to knock their feet before getting in. They have a big thing of snow on their feet. It goes onto the pedal, drips down, melts, and fries that little module. Detailers have done the same thing by going out there with an extractor, a steamer, and frying that little module. So the, on modern BMWs, the driver's pedal, the accelerator, is very, very sensitive to moisture. I do love steam on an interior, but I could see Ivan watching me with a steamer on an interior being like, no, don't do that. There's other ways to accomplish this goal with a less aggressive method. Well, and it's true. Yeah. And it's, it's true. I would say, I would say at least 50% of the time, what I do with steam on an interior is not necessary to have steam with. Right. And but there are those times. Right. No, well, steam is a good tool. Yeah. Yeah. But steam needs to be used judici judiciously. Yes. Some people, they're just throwing it everywhere and they actually don't use it the way it should be used. So steam 
when you look at it, the way it works, you have extremely hot water. Until it reaches that tip, it's just hot water. But because of the temperature differential, so it's 330 degrees in that hose. When it reaches the tip, the atmospheric temperature is 70 degrees. The water molecules explode. Same thing, they're coming out of there. When they hit that cool surface, they explode. As they explode, they're lifting up the dirt and then you wipe it away. Some people just sit there and steam and steam and steam. It just gets dripping wet, then they wipe it. That's a waste of your time, a waste of your steamer, the electricity and all of that. And basically steam should be one pass while it's still wet, wipe it off. That's Ooh. all you need. Uh, what, get, if, what if we could get like a, oh sorry, I interrupted, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you were gonna say something good though. Cause I had this vision of like it's gone a steam, <laughs> dang it, I'm sorry. I had this vision of like a steamer with like two heads. So one would steam and then you'd let go and then the other would like air compress. Yeah. So you could like well, blow it dry with this. So you wouldn't have to put down the steamer, grab your air compressor nozzle, cause that's what I'll do and then I'll, and I'll spray it. Right, up. but using an air compressor, actually you're not cleaning. Cause all you're doing, that steam lifted the dirt off and then you're drying it. The dirt is still there. Oh, you need a microfiber steam, towel. wipe, and then I air compress all well, you, the nooks and no, crannies you, where the... You wipe with a dry towel, you're done. You no, uh, you no yeah, I'm, but, I'm steaming electronics, Ivan. Yeah, no. I'm getting into all the little nooks and crannies, okay? Yeah. See, that's what earlier I was envisioning Ivan watching me just looking at my job saying, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm good at interiors, by the way, but I live life <laughs> on the edge, and I take longer than he does. Yeah, anyway. and you know, another thing with seats is they have a lot of electronics in them now. They do. You know, seats used to be a metal frame, foam, and some fabric or leather. Now you have occupancy sensors, you have seat heaters, you have fans, you have blowers, uh, you have airbags, you have all sorts of things in seats. So extraction should be the last ditch effort to do that. And as detailers, one big mistake we make, and again, it's gonna cost us a lot in time and effort, is not remembering one little phrase. It is not your fault. It's not your fault that the car got that dirty. It's not your fault that the customer neglected their vehicle to that point. Your job is to clean it, not restore it. If they want a restoration, there's other shops for that that can replace the upholstery, that can replace the carpet. Your goal is to clean the interior. Now, stains are stains. When you take stain to a wood, you've stained the piece of wood, that stain is permanent unless you sand off a really thick layer of wood. Stains and carpet are the same thing. We have chemicals that will reduce the appearance of the stain that might actually remove it. But if you've been working on a stain for 15 or 20 minutes, you've probably been working on it for five or 10 minutes too long. Right, I mean there's soil and then there's staining and yeah, there is spotting and stain removal and upholstery, like there's a special certification with the IICRC. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just for that, and, and if you haven't taken that, then I highly encourage you to think about it or just to know that like, maybe that's just not worth your time. Like when I see a red stain in a car, I'm like, there's like multiple step processes. Yeah. Or if I were you, I'd say processes, processes? Process, yeah. Pro, but what's uh, the processes? Term? Process anyway. Yeah, th there's ways to do red, but I also that's where I put my hands up and tell a customer like, hey, red just doesn't come out sometimes. I yeah. gave it my best shot. I gave it the old college try. It, yeah, but uh, but those are you know things you can that, reduce it, but you won't remove it a hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, other areas where people have made very costly mistakes 
Convertible tops. Mm. They don't mix well with a pressure washer. Really badly. So a convertible soft top, you know, the fabric ones especially, if you get up close and personal with your pressure washer, you're putting lines in it that will stay there forever. Tell me what's, and I know we've done videos about the convertible soft tops yeah. and how to take care of them and use a rinseless wash and dry them. Yeah, yeah. Dry them thoroughly and all that. What are the sensors in the Chevys? So, so you've got, you, you open the hatch, right? Or the yeah. rear. And then there's like the sensors that will heat the rear window. Yeah. And they're just on like a little cord. Right. So I have microfibered yeah. that away on an older one and the lady refused to pay me for the detail. It was one of yeah. my first jobs. Yeah. But then I talked to other people who were like, yeah, she was not very nice, but that's a big deal. Like, right. Well, you basically the, the rear window or the defroster, the uh, those little wires are just tentatively holding on there. They're just stuck to the window. And if you hit them, yeah. You knock the defroster out, you do that, you're buying a new rear window. So she was, uh, she had a right to be upset. Yes, definitely. I didn't really know what I was doing. Yeah. I was just do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. what, what happened? And that's any car. Could I do that? Now, the, yeah. the, you know, the older Tahoe's that you're talking about, yeah. they had the window that popped up out of the hatch. And the, they had like an accordion type, uh, not accordion, but a squirrely wire there that would stretch and eventually it would break on itself. You helped it. I feel like it was almost there. Yeah. She, but I definitely touched it. Yeah. She was right. Uh, another point of error is using the wrong tool that can cost you a lot of money. So using too aggressive of a chemical on the interior, using too aggressive of a pad on paint, that can cost you a lot of time and you can do a lot of damage. So. I've seen detailers use not quality APCs, but degreasers on an interior. You know, it's a purple thing. Uh, anyways, there's a, there's a few of them out there that detailers seem to have caught on going, hey, this is almost as good as an APC. Right. A, it isn't. B, I've seen people spray it on an interior and then they wonder why they have these spots everywhere. Because the stuff actually like really deeply or super cleans that area where it lands and you can't blend it in anymore. So that panel, for all intents and purposes, you need to replace. Now, a lot of people make excuses, it was like that before, blah, 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 or doing that same thing on a leather seat. And then yes. you have dots everywhere that they're there. You can't get rid of them. Or you just over clean a leather seat and you're like, I think I can get that, and then it starts to turn brown. And you realize the coating of the leather, like yeah. a light leather seat, it's an older one. You look at your microfiber towel and it's the same color as the seat. Yeah. It's never a good thing. Or your magic eraser, which you would say <laughs> never to use on interiors, and I, I pretty much agree with you there. Yeah. Um, you, you can remove the coating of, of, the, of the seat and yeah. it's that dark bright, you're gone, it's done. Yeah, and on the outside of the vehicle, um, try your small, or not your smallest, but your, your finest pad and your finest polish first and see what you get. Now, there are times when we look at the paint and go, yeah, this one's going to need a lot of help. But there are times when you'd be surprised what the lower aggression pad and polish will do. So if you're using the gold standard, try the rotary pad on the rotary with a spray gold standard. You'd be surprised how much correction you can get from that. Hey, you know what I actually did mess up recently with our products, and I'm willing to admit it? Yeah. I had all clean at three to one, and I... Yeah, because I to one. Yeah, because I like to play around with stuff. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and I sprayed it on a wheel and let it dwell in direct sunlight. The rim does not look the same, and we'll just put it that way. So yeah. 
trust me guys, 15 to one is what you want all clean at. And yeah. you don't want to let it sit and dwell in direct sunlight if you can avoid that as well. Yeah. Another costly mistake, a lot of details. Was that okay that I made that? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I was honest about it. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. No. Just, just so you know, I'm a human, okay? Yeah. I, I break the rules just like everyone else out there. So don't do that. Do yeah. what he says. So right. another costly mistake a lot of detailers make is using too much product. We give you a dilution ratio on the bottle for a reason. That's what we've tested, like his three to one versus 15 to one. Well, I was kind of like, I just want to see how far I can take this bad boy, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't like there was something really wrong with that wheel. It was like, oh, I'm going to foam the wheels. And then I'll do incredible suds on the paint, which I diluted, I yeah. think, at its normal dilution there. But anyway, yeah, I know what you mean. And uh, dilute them at the proper. Right. An example, very simple example, rinse this wash. We say 256 to one. Some people do a glug glug method and then they wonder why they get streaking and they have problems wiping it off and it doesn't dry well. It's because when you under dilute it, it doesn't work. It's designed at 256 to one, half an ounce to a gallon. If you put in one ounce to a gallon, you're not gonna have a good day. I, I think I'm pretty good with Renzo's watch. Yeah, you are, but there are times when I've seen you glug glug, so. <laughs> I just like to see what happens, you know? Yeah. We're all a chemist deep oh, down. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. We're, we're, we're a little chemist in our laboratory, in our garage. Yeah. We're gonna do what we wanna do. Right. But use the dilutions we recommend, especially on the more powerful chemicals. Yeah. Like, a, a streak is a pretty innocent mistake. Yeah. Or something you could fix, right, with Renzo's wash. But a really heavy dilution of all clean, yeah. you put that on an interior, or you do what I did with, with the wheel, and it's definitely something you wanna be cognizant of. Definitely. Uh, other mistakes that detailers make, <coughs> excuse me, Overworking. By that I mean, we're all designed to have a life balance. Eight hours of work, eight hours of leisure, eight hours of sleep. And the guys that are in the grind and doing 12 and 14 and 16 hour days and then repeating that over and over and over again, you're gonna burn yourself out and that is gonna cost you a lot of money and a lot That's of time one. and a lot of heartache. So. If you can't schedule yourself down to a 40 hour week, which is normal, find a way to do so. Raise your prices if you're not making enough money, become more efficient if you're not making enough money. But thousands of other detailers have done it, you can do it as well. Well, maybe we should just talk about an engine bay because that could be a very costly mistake. Yeah, uh, for myself, we did a lot of wholesale and we did a lot of retail. The dealerships want you to do the engine bays, that's part of it price accordingly. And the dealer engine bay work is not that difficult. Full on some APC, let it sit and steam it off. Try not to use a pressure washer in an engine bay. It could not end well. Uh, so it's less an issue about the all-purpose cleaner and more about introducing all that moisture? All the, well, the water and the moisture is not a problem. It's when you combine it with pressure. It can get into areas where normally it's sealed but you hit that seal just the right way and it goes past the seal. So steam or garden hose is preferred to pressure washer. Right, so in our shops we used a pressure steamer. It was like a pressure washer wand, but it was steam that came out. Okay. It was only a 250 PSI, so it wasn't very powerful. But it was great at melting the dirt and getting it away from there. For a retail customer, try to get away from doing engine bays. And don't try to sell engine bay details, you're just lining yourself up for failure. So engine bay details, keep them as minimal and as smooth as possible. We just did one today on a new Corvette. 
and everything went well, but we were very cautious on how we did it. We foamed on all clean at 15 to one. We brushed it very gently with the, you know, the same brushes we use and on interior. So not a very harsh brush and then used a garden hose to clean it off. And the CA Corvette, if you happen to have detailed one or own one, you know that the engine bay is open to the atmosphere. There's vents there, water goes on the engine all the time. So it's designed to have water. You're driving your car down the road in a rainstorm, guess what? Open the hood when you stop. The engine's all wet. They're designed to be wet. They're designed to be in water. They're not designed to deal with pressure. Hmm. Very interesting stuff. Any other big costly mistakes, Ivan? that you can think of right now. I think we hit all the ones I was. Oh, yes, well there, there's one, not subscribing to this channel. If you're not subscribed, that's a really costly mistake. Could really impact your life in a negative right. way. Exactly. Well, we appreciate that. And if you like this podcast, we have quite a few more. What are you, you're making? Pressure washer, too much the paint go off. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is a good one. Actually. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, we're just so engine bay. I'll do a, and then we'll talk about the engine bay. So and then we'll end it. Speaking of a pressure washer on the engine bay, yeah, you can get really aggressive with with a certain tip on a pressure washer and get too close to the paint, and that can be bad news bears. Well, definitely, like a zero degree tip yeah. or a ten degree, or your pressure washer is turned up too high. And if you see the smallest sign of clear coat failure, stay away from it. Because that clear coat failure could be just weak enough that as soon as you hit it with a pressure washer, you have a big flake of clear coat flying in the air. Oh, that's happened to me on like an older truck. Yeah, exactly. Toward the front bumper and yeah. you start pressure washing, getting a little too close to the paint and paint flakes start flying. Yeah. Up. Like we've made these mistakes, right? Yeah. Like it just hopefully you don't make them again. Right. So stone chips, things like that. Stay away from them with a pressure washer. Yes, if you're close to a stone chip, you can flake off more paint. Exactly. So what would you say? Just it's more of a distance thing or it's more of a tip thing? Tip, distance, pressure. Common sense. Yeah, common sense, exactly. And speaking of common sense, there's one other mistake that people can make, and that's not subscribing to this channel. If you're not subscribed, hit the notification bell, subscribe, give us a thumbs up, and more importantly, leave a question below. Yeah, it would be a costly mistake for you not to get in on this wisdom. And we have a lot more of it, by the way. The DIY Detail Podcast, more than 50 episodes in. Check out the playlist right here.